I want you to open up your Bibles with me to Proverbs. Today's message is on the matters of the heart. Somebody say the matters of the heart. Today's message is about what's in your heart matters. Right now my brother is testing to see if I memorize the message by heart as the PowerPoint goes down. I know you're going to do your best to get it back up. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 25. On the back of your announcements are notes. I've made them so you can study along. How many are enjoying the study notes? Can you say amen? For the rest of you, I still love you. No, I'm just kidding. I don't think you know how much work goes in. How many know preaching is hard? Y'all know that, right? Studying, got to put hard work into it. Appreciate those notes. Study for yourself, as the Bible says, to show yourself approved. Looking at Proverbs chapter 25. Proverbs chapter 25. As I am stalling looking for the verse because I don't have the notes in front of me. There it is. That's why it's not there. Thank you. Proverbs, can I get one of the notes up here while I'm waiting for him to get the PowerPoint working? The Lord just knows how to humble his servants, doesn't he? Oh, there it is. Thank you. Proverbs 27, 19. Somebody say, matters of the heart. Because what's in my heart matters. Come on, let's say it again. Matters of the heart. Because what's in my heart matters. Look at your neighbor and say, what's in your heart matters to God. You see, today we're going to talk about the matters of your heart, the issues of your heart. What's going on on the inside of you? Proverbs chapter 27 verse 19 says, As waters reflect a face, so a man's heart reflect the man. You see, as water reflects a face, so a man's heart reflects the man. You see, today God is teaching us through this old proverb that your heart shows who you are. Have you ever looked at somebody and said, man, I don't know if I really like what they're about. You know why? Because you didn't like what was in their heart. You ever said something and said, oops, I didn't mean to say that. I'm not that type of person. No, the fact that you said it meant that you're that type of person. What's in your heart matters. It comes across to other people. Have you ever met somebody that you like? What do you say about them? Oh, they got a good heart, right? What's in your heart matters. What's inside reflects on the outside. Hypocrisy is when you got some junk on the inside and you try to make it look good on the outside. How many know you can only play that game for so long? You know what? I could have this all together for, what, an hour, two hours on Sunday? But how many know my wife knows who I am? And my wife knows what's in my heart. And you might say, well, Pastor, you might be hiding it from her. I'll tell you why. You don't know my wife then. I could not hide it from my boobs to boo. Amen? She just have that second or fifth sense about her. You know, she's sixth sense. She just knows how to find what's going on in my life. And you might say, Nancy looks too nice to be like that. That's the whole, re- that's the whole way it works. See, Nancy just looks at me, and if I've done something wrong, I just confess it. Honey, I did this wrong. Please forgive me. She, she melts my heart. You ever had parents look into the side of your heart and just know what's going on? Come on, parents, have you ever looked at your kids and said, I can tell something's going on with you? How did you know that? Because something on the outside was showing you that something on the inside was right. How many have been in a relationship before and you know either in the spouse or boyfriend or girlfriend something just ain't right? 
Come on, how many know that sometimes you're in school or at your job and you know something just ain't right about them? Why is it that way? Because on the inside, it's reflected on the outside. You can't hide it. And the Bible says, as water reflects a face, so a man's heart reflects the man. You see, right now, if we had water, if I looked at the water, I could see my face. And if you look at the way I act and you look at the way I talk and you look at the way I prioritize my life and you see the way I treat my wife and you see the way I treat others and you see how I am in the morning and you see how I am at night, you're going to get to know what's in my heart. You know that commercial, What's in Your Wallet? And they're talking about credit cards. What's in your wallet? And they're trying to get you to be in their credit card. I want to ask you today, what is in your heart? What's on the inside of you? Because already God knows it, and people around you are already figuring it out. Now, you know as well as I do, today there's only two options in your heart. Your heart is either going to be full of God and godly things, or it's going to be full of the devil, the flesh, and earthly things. I want you to look at the definition of the heart. Write this down. The heart is also what we call the soul, referring to our mind, how we think, our will and emotions. It's the inner person and the seat of our emotions. All of that is what we mean by heart. When I say Jesus lives in my heart, do I mean he lives in my cardiovascular organ that's pumping blood like Jesus is down there dodging capillaries right now, helping me keep my arteries clean? No, what I'm saying is Jesus is in my thinking. Jesus is in my inner being. Jesus is in my feelings. When you say that you love a hamburger with all your heart, when you say, man, I love hamburgers with all my heart. I can eat this all day long. Are you saying that, that, that you love a hamburger the same way you say you love your mom? No, because what you're trying to say is I love my mom this way and I love food this way, but your heart knows the difference between how you love your mom and how you love your food. For some of you. No, I'm kidding. No, I ain't going to tell on us. I, I, you know, I was with the Dalfo, and he was eating so much, but yet he's so skinny, and I ate so little, and I ate so skinny. I was like, what's going wrong here? Just pray for me, y'all. Amen? Think about this. Your heart is really what you care about as a person. It's not something I can touch right now. I can't touch you and then be touching your heart. I can't, you know, physically hold your heart in my hand. But I can affect your heart by the words that I say I can affect your heart by the actions that I do can affect your heart How many know some people in life have a guarded heart? That just nothing faces them because they're numb. You know why they've been through so much in life that they keep their heart guarded But they have feelings too. Sometimes you look at people and maybe they're not expressive about their feelings. I like to call these people steamers. They're like steamers, like a pot of water boiling as it steams. It just keeps getting hotter and hotter. And and then one day it blows, right? So you're with people and they they start holding in their emotion. And you know that something's going wrong, but they're holding it in, holding it. And then one day what happens? It all comes out. you got other people in their heart. They're just expressive people. They're just going to tell you what they think all the time. They speak from their heart. But either way you look at it, all of us have a heart. And today what I want to talk about as a definition to work with is your emotions, how you feel about life, how you feel about God. And I want to give you some examples with this. Turn to Mark 12, verse 30. Look at what Jesus said you and I need to do with our heart. Mark chapter 12, verse 30. 
Jesus talking to his people, they were asking him, what's the greatest commandment? He said, love the Lord your God with some of your heart. Is that what it says, some of your heart? Love the Lord your God with just the parts of your heart that hurt sometimes. No. Everybody say in the count of three. One, two, three. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Somebody say all. You know what all means in the Greek in the original language? All. All means all. That's what it means. No mystery. God said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. How many know that's all one way of saying love God with all your heart? Love Him with your mind. Well, that's a part of your heart. Love Him with your soul. That's a part of your heart. Love Him with your strength. That's a part. Just love Him with everything you got. Now, I want to give you some examples about how this looks in everyday life. All your heart is to give God all your passion. So take, for example, snowboarding. This is my passion. This is something I like to do. I would say I love snowboarding. Right down here in my heart, okay? So I'm snowboarding. Guess what? I love it. I love it. I like it. I even I, I do more than like I love it passionately. I could do it all the time. When the snow came down, it was teasing me because it's like it's not enough to go back out there, and they're all closing. But I was like waiting for a blizzard because I love it. Now I want you to think about this. Nobody made me love it. Watch this. Nobody made me love it. Now I've played basketball. Basketball is cool. Just don't really love it. You know, I can play basketball with y'all. I got ping pong. I love ping pong, but not as much as I love snowboarding. I could go snowboarding all day long. What makes the difference? You know, why is that? Maybe you don't like snowboarding. You wouldn't even go. You know, Ricky went one time and tumbled down the hill the entire day. He was on the little baby hill. There's these little kids like this big. And here's Ricky. Oh, I think I got it. And it was so great. To watch him do that, because when I play basketball with him, this is like the next Michael Jordan right here. I mean, he's dunking. I mean, he's sitting threes, half-court shots. I mean, that's the man right there. So finally, I got to beat him at something. So maybe you don't like it, but I want you to think about it. Do the things you love, do they come naturally, or do you have to work at it? They come naturally. Think about that. Here's another thing. I like to go rock climbing. How many just think that's beautiful right there? Y'all need to come with us to our retreat in Devil's Lake, Wisconsin. I don't know why they call it Devil's Lake, but it is God's Lake right here. And so what we do is we hike up here, we get up top, and if you're crazy, you can stand like these guys right on the edge, and you can see the lake and everything. How many think that's beautiful? I love this right here. You see snowboarding in the winter, this in the summer right here. Every day off, every day off I could go here. Every day off. It's three-hour drive. I don't even think about it. I could just get in my car, drive three hours, spend the whole day there as Andrew and I have done so many times, and drive right back three hours. I love it. I get out there. We start strapping on ropes. We start getting on top of the rocks. We repel. We go down that thing. I mean, it's. I just love the entire part of it. I love it. Somebody say he loves it. Nobody makes me love it. Nobody makes me do it. I choose on my own to go up to this beautiful place, spend three hours, hundreds of dollars worth of rock equipment, hours upon hours, and then have a good time there. 
I want you to think about this. How about relationships? I look at my wife. Come on. Right there. Come on. Woo! Mama ain't pregnant no more. That's all I got to say. Hallelujah. That's just for the married folk out there. Amen. (laughs) Okay. Anyways, moving right along. Don't want to stumble. Okay. Nobody had to tell me to love her. I remember we were at the Halloween outreach back in uh, another church, and we said, let's all dress up. Let's all be different things. And my wife and uh, some other girls, they dressed up like Charlie's Angels. Oh, Lord, it just it wrecked my whole life. I had to go home and repent that night. Are you listening to me? And Rachel was there because Rachel kind of caught me. We talk about this. But Nancy walked by, and I just, like, walked, watched her walk by the whole time. And then as like she turned the corner. I'm still looking like, you know, and I look back at Rachel, and I think she caught me watching her. I love her. It's natural. It doesn't even take an effort. You understand? It's my emotion. It's my passion. Now, I want to ask you a question. Where is your heart with God? Think about that. Do you love God that way? I'm not talking about you have to make yourself come to church. I'm not talking about you have to make yourself read your Bible. I'm talking about does God capture your heart like that? You know, sometimes you talk to people and you say, man, I love you, but I don't really like you. Maybe that's what you say to your family. You know what I'm saying? Like your brother, man, I love you, but I don't like you, man. What are we saying when we say that to somebody? I love you, but I don't really like you. What we're saying is, man, i got to love you because you're family or we got some relationship together. Man, but I don't have to like you. I don't have to like being around you. Sometimes I think we're that way with God. We say, God, you know, I love you in that sense. Like you saved me. You died on the cross for me. But I don't really like being around you. I don't really wake up in the morning and talk to you. I don't even really have fun spending my day with you. I want to tell you something. God is looking for people who love him more than they love anything in life. God is looking for people that the love comes naturally in their heart, where naturally they love him more than they love any sport, more than any hobby, more than any family member. You know the beautiful thing about serving God is that everywhere you go, he's in your heart. So guess what? When you're on your job, you can love him there. You can enjoy his presence there. When you're going home and you've had a hard day, you can enjoy God's presence there. Do you know what we do when we hit air and catch air snowboarding? We say, amen, praise the Lord, hallelujah. And they think we're crazy out there. One of the Olympic athletes, one of the girl snowboarders, goes to Jesus Culture Church, plays that song, Heaven is Here Now, while she's doing all that she does on the mountain for Jesus. You see, that's the beautiful thing, is that God can be with you as a mother. God can be with you as a father. God can be with you on the job. God can be with you because he's in your, oh, y'all going to get it right now, because he's in your heart. You see, it's matters of the heart because your heart matters. What's going on inside of you today? What captures your attention? I want you to look at this scripture, 1 Samuel 13, verse 14, talking about David. Well, we know David loved God, and that he wrote much of the book of Psalms, love songs to God. But look at what it says about him. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him a leader of his people because you have not kept the Lord's commands. Do you know why David 
took the place of Saul as a king of Israel? Because Saul did not love God with all of his heart. He broke God's commands. He was somebody that was in God's kingdom just to get what he could get out of it. He was going to church just to get what he wanted out of it. David, on the other hand, loved God as a shepherd. He didn't care what he got out of it. He would be a happy shepherd. He didn't have to be a king. Nobody had to know his name. He didn't have to come to church and be special. He could just love God out there all by himself. Somebody say, David was a man after God's heart. You see, would they describe you that way today? If somebody was writing your biography, would somebody say, oh, yeah, she's a woman after God's heart. Look at how David talked about God. Psalms 9, 1 through 2. I will praise you, O Lord. With all my heart, I will tell of your wonders. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. Nobody's making him do this. Nobody's making him want to praise God. But he says, man, I'll praise you. And I'm going to do it with all my heart. And I'm going to tell everybody about you. I remember watching my friend get uh, engaged in Bible college. Man, he went running up and down the street. She said yes. She said yes. That boy was crazy until I got engaged and I was texting and calling everybody. She said yes. She said yes. My friends, when you're in love, you want to tell everybody. If I said to you right now, you just want a million dollars, you'd be like, he said yes. He said yes. You'd be backflipping all over this thing. Ah! Thank you, Lord. But, you know, David didn't have to praise him when he got something. David could just praise him for who he is. You see, you know as a parent or being a child that it's greedy, it's stingy, it's spoiled. If all you do is thank your parents when you get something. We all know that. If all you're doing is just thanking somebody when they give you something, you don't really appreciate it. They're just a a, a handout to you. Is that all God is to you? Just a handout in your heart. You love so many things in life. You love your family. You love your job. You love your hobbies. You love your weekends. But God, you just kind of like him, but you really love him when he gives you something. You see, David wasn't just there for heaven. He wasn't just there to get a blessing. He was there because he wanted to praise him. He was there because he wanted to tell people about God. That's why he was on earth. He said, man, my greatest purpose is just to praise God. My greatest purpose is to make my life for him. My greatest purpose is to tell people about him. How many know there's channels on TV right now just telling you how to cook food? How many people know those people love food? How many know guy going to diners, drive-ins, and dives loves food? When we go and see that on church, you go watch the Christian channel, all they do doing asking for money. I want to see some dude travel around the different churches that are on fire. You got whole stations right now. All they do is tell you about bugs and insects and animals and sharks. And we're like, oh, look at this shark. Look at that. A little scary, but I like it. How many know those are just God's creations? We get all excited about food, which comes in one way, goes out the other way. We get all excited about the animals on this planet. But how many of us dedicate our life to knowing God? Man, you can study that leaf all much, all that you want. You can study this little rabbit all that you want. You can study how to make this food all you want. But how many know the creator of all things is a little bit more interesting than everything else? How many like to talk about that a little bit? 
Here we go. We're going to have a guy with a wooden stick hit a little ball, and we're going to spend millions and billions of dollars on this. But God, he's boring. I give him an hour on Sundays. We're going to watch this other guy take an inflatable ball, and he's going to put it through a metal rim, and we're going to get all excited about that. Somebody says the new king and queen of America is sports and entertainment. And we bow our knees to these things as long as it entertains us, as long as it gives us something to do. I'm telling you something. I don't just love this game. I love Jesus. Does anybody love Jesus more than they love games, sports, entertainment? That's how David was. Psalms 57, 7 through 9. My heart is steadfast. Listen to that. Somebody say steadfast. Oh, God, my heart is steadfast. I will sing and make music. Awake, my soul. Awake, harp and lyre. I will awake the dawn. I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among the people. What that word steadfast means is my heart is settled. My heart is strong. It's, it's solid in you, O God. Don't be wishy-washy with Jesus. You know, don't be like one way in, one way out, one foot in, one foot out. Don't, don't play games with God. Get all the way on fire for God. David made a decision in his heart. I will serve God. God will be the focus of my life. And then I love what he goes on to say here. He says, awake my soul. You know, sometimes your soul will fall asleep. Like some of y'all getting sleepy right now. Y'all want to go to sleep? Some of y'all just want to eat and take a nap. Come on. You got to tell yourself, wake up. This is time to learn about God. Wake up. It's Sunday morning. It's time to praise God. Wake up. I'm going to pray before I go to work. Sometimes you've got to wake yourself up. And don't become lazy in your love with God. Yes, because sometimes I didn't always enjoy snowboarding, but I went back anyway. And sometimes my wife and I don't get along, but I still love her anyway. And sometimes rock climbing beats me up and I get all discouraged and and cut up and everything. But I go back anyway. You see, if you really love something, you're going to wake in the passion, even though the days sometimes you don't feel it. Is God worth that to you? To me, he is. I want you to write down on your paper as you're following in your notes, where is your heart now? If you haven't already, just where is your heart? Well, list three things that's in your heart. God, family, country. Come on, what's important to you? God, family, job. Just where is your heart right now? Today, I want to encourage you to be more passionate for God than you ever have before. Because it matters. And it's not for anybody. And it's not for me. It's not for your neighbor. It's for you. Now, some of you might be saying, as we heard today in the Sunday school, you might be saying, well, my heart's been hurt, Pastor. My heart's been let down. I don't always understand what God does. I don't understand why God has let these things happen. I want you to listen to me. It's more important to know God than to know the answers of what happens in your life. It is more important to know God than to know the answers. Let's just take, for example, God answered all your questions in life. Would that make you any happier? Well, the reason why your grandma died, now that you've asked, is because your grandma smoked cigarettes all the time, and she didn't listen to me, and today she's in hell. Would that make you feel better? Let's be honest. Would that make you feel better? Well, the reason why you lost your mom is because your mom, because my sister, died drinking and driving. Would that make you feel better? 
Oh, the reason why you were molested is because your dad was molested. He was an alcoholic, and he himself did not know what he was doing. Does that make us feel better about the molestation? Does that make anybody feel better to know that their abuser is punished himself and he himself was abused? No. The answers don't bring a peace to your heart. That's not really what your heart wants. Your heart doesn't want some 2020 Dateline special on why some axe murderer did what it did. You don't, you know, all that knowledge will leave you empty at the end. The only thing that will make your heart feel at peace is knowing God loves you. You may not understand it all the time. You may not always feel it. But he died on the cross to prove it. And he gave you the Holy Spirit as a deposit inside of you to know that he's real and he loves you and if you call on his name he'll live inside your heart he'll be a part of your life and if you get passionate for him he'll never let you down he never promised a rose uh, petal road to heaven he never promised that everything would be perfect but he promised he would never leave you nor forsake you that's what he promised you and i and I've been a part of funerals, and I've been at the worst of them. I've been at funerals where a mother had her child point blank executed right in front of her, and she was grabbing the casket, screaming at the top of her lungs, what happened to my son? I'm telling you, I've buried my sister for drinking and driving. I have sat down in meetings as a youth pastor, having children confess to me their uncles molested them. And I'm telling you, there is only one answer to the pain of a person's heart, and that answer is Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, my friend, not Dr. Phil, not alcohol, not denial. It is Jesus because Jesus loves you. And that isn't something I can hold out and prove with 2 plus 2 equals 4. Prove it, prove it. I'll tell you what, prove love to me. Prove that I love my daughter. Prove any of that. Love, my friend, is an emotion. It is a feeling. It is sensed in your heart. And if you read the gospel about a man taking your punishment, dying and resurrecting for you with an open heart, you'll sense his love touch you. You'll sense him touch you right on the inside. And you'll say, there's something different about this book. It's not like Muhammad's story. It's not like Buddha's story. It's not like Avatar and some love story. This is touching my innermost being. I've watched gangbangers come to an altar, tears coming down their face because God touched their heart. I've watched people who have rejected God as atheists who curse God in front of a church come before God with tears in their face saying, I feel Jesus. And I feel all right. Come on, somebody. Where's your heart today? I want to give you right now a chapter of David's life in a psalm right now. I want to give you just a capsule of what I feel David did that all of us need to do right now. Psalms 4. Go there with me quickly. Don't let this world take away your love for God. Don't let this world convince you that God's not with you. None of the answers will help you anyway. And by the way, you know, if you don't believe in God answers, what's the other answer? You came from a monkey? That's the other answer? You came from a monkey. Here, here it is. You came from a monkey. You matter nothing. We could have aborted you in your mother's womb. You're going to be here for 70 years. The planet will be here for another billion of years. Then it will recreate itself and have another big bang. That's what you matter in this world. And all you are and all your offspring is are products of animal evolution. You're no different than an animal. 
My friend, God is the only answer, my friends. So when the atheists ridicule me and say, well, he don't have an answer, all he's saying is God, all you're saying is I came from a monkey, and to hell with that lie. I would rather believe there's a creator that has it all under control. My baby may not understand what goes on, so I don't sit down and have a talk with her. Well, the reason why your mommy is crying is because she just had a baby. It's a little emotional for her right now. And then when I left and didn't come back with her favorite ice cream, that kind of messed with her. So that's why we're arguing. I don't explain it to my baby like that when she sees us arguing. I just hold her up and say, hey, we love you. It's okay. Go and be about yourself. That's all God has to do to us if you let him. He doesn't have to sit down and have some long explanation with you. Say, God, I trust you. He says, I love you. That settles it. Let's move on. Come on, somebody say, help us, Lord. Psalms 4, look at what David did that I believe we all need to do. Verse 1, answer me when I call to you, O my righteous God. Give me relief from my distress. Be merciful to me and hear my prayer. How long, O men, will you turn my glory into shame? How long will you love delusions and seek false gods? Know that the Lord has set apart the godly for himself. The Lord will hear when I call to him. In anger, do not sin. When you are on your bed, search your hearts and be silent. Offer right sacrifices. Trust in the Lord. Many are asking, who can show us any good? Let the light of your face shine upon us, O Lord. You have filled my heart with greater joy than when their grain and new wine abound. How many are more happy than when somebody get drunk? Come on. Whoa, y'all didn't get that. That's okay. You'll get it later. I will lie down and sleep in peace for you alone, O Lord. Make me dwell in safety. The first thing that David knew that we got to get a hold of is that David understood when he called, God would answer. Verse 1, right there, look at it. Answer me when I call to you, O righteous God. Give me relief from my distress. Will he sit down and have a pity patty party with you? No, there's only two people coming to a pity patty party. That's you and the devil. And if I get an invitation, I'm sending it back to hell where it came from. Amen? So don't come to me telling me, oh, somebody did me like this. Somebody did. Hey, let's call on Jesus and believe that he'll answer you in your distress. Come on, I double dog dare you to come up here, all of you who have broken hearts, and say, i got a broken heart. I've been through a living hell, but I know that when we pray at this altar, God will meet me. Come on, let me pray with somebody like that today. Let me pray with somebody, no matter what they've been through, they're going to trust in God. See, that's what David knew. You see, in his heart, he knew that, that no matter what he's going through, God would answer when he prays. The second thing that David knew is that, Only the true God is who you trust in. He says right here, O men, how long will you turn my glory into shame? Seek delusions and false gods. How many know the club don't have it for you? How many know going to confession don't have it for you? How many know you can have St. Michael, St. Cletus, all of them hanging from every part of your house, but ain't going to help you, amen? St. Billy Bob ain't going to help you. St. Cletus ain't going to be there. I don't know where Cletus came from, but it was kind of funny. I'll roll with it. Come on. St. Jimmy Joe ain't going to help you. I'm telling you, David knew only God, only God. People turn to their job. They become workaholics. Ain't going to help your heart. It's not going to help your heart. People turn to sports and entertainment. That's not going to help you. Read the stories of these guys who had it all and lost it because it didn't help them. People turn to their family. Let me tell you something. If family made you happy, everybody had a family would be happy. 
And those of you who don't have a good family, if you say to yourself, all I need is a good family, I'll be happy. Talk to somebody who's come from a good family. A good family will not make you happy in life. It will make your life better. It will bless you, but it will not touch the deepest parts of you. My mother and father loved me with all they had within them, but I still went out and did drugs. I still went out and made bad choices because I knew there was something more in life, and only God filled that part of my life. I love the way somebody said it. We all have a God-shaped hole inside of us that only God can fill. Just like those games you played when you were a little kid, circle goes in circle, square goes in square. Well, there's a hole inside of you that only God can fill. That's it. You go to anybody else, it will not work. That's what David knew. It's all about God, y'all. He also knew that God loved and cared for him. You've got to believe that today. You've got to trust that today. Believe what this Bible is telling you. Know that the Lord has set apart the godly for himself. The Lord will hear when I call. God loves me. God cares for me. I may be going through something that I don't understand, but I know he loves me. Anytime you stop believing that, that's when it all falls apart. If you doubt that he loves you, what you're saying is, I don't trust God. And if you don't trust God, in your rational mind, you think you're doing good for yourself, but you're actually keeping yourself from God's blessing. If I could figure out all that God was doing, then I would be God. Does anybody here want to take on the job of God? The Bible actually talks to people like us. They were Greek people, and they wanted to philosophize everything. It actually says this. Does anybody know the mind of God? Can anybody counsel him in what he does? Can anybody judge him in what he does? I love it when I hang out with atheists, and they say, hey, hey. Christian, I'm going to tell you the number one reason why I don't believe in your God. I'm like, okay, bring it. here. The number one reason, here's the number one reason, suffering in the world. Suffering in the world. Because if God was a God of love, nobody would suffer. And then they'll take you through the argument. Is God love? And you say yes. Then why do people suffer? And then you tell them, well, God gave us free will. He let us make choices. Some of us make good. Some of us make bad. Yeah, but if he loved us, then why did he allow us to make choices? Then you'll say, because he loves the fact that we're not robots, but we're serving him and making the choices out of our own will. Then they say, well, God could have given you choices, but not choices that would have hurt you. Meaning, when you say to your child, you say, hey, do you want to go for a walk or in the front yard or the backyard? You don't say, do you want to go for your walk here in the front yard or on a, a landmine? You, you, you give him actual choices. Why would he give you the choice of living for him or dying and burning eternity in hell? Follow the arguments. If they say suffering, why would there be a God in suffering? You want to know what I say back to him? Because <laughs> I know I said probably all the other arguments you would say. Here's what I say back to him. Because God is God and you're not. That's it. There, there is no like... No, it's he's God and you're not. That's it. He decided this is the way it would be. You want to have a problem with him? You want to counsel him? Then now on your shoulders is the creation of the universe. Now on your shoulders is the creation of life. And that is why all of the atheists right now, they're working so hard to try to prove evolution. They're trying to work it so hard to the point of lying in our textbooks and bamboozling us and hoodwinking us to believe this. You know why? Because if they can get you to think you could be created and exist without a God, then you don't need a God for anything else. But my friend, only God is the answer to our life. Only God. Only God. Where did life come from? A rock? Look what David said. I know God loves me and cares for me. So you know how the other argument goes? 
You say to the atheist, the hardest of heart, the hardest of heart, the atheist that does drug, the Marilyn Manson guy, the person that drinks blood, the gangbanger that's got tears coming down their eyes, gaps in their back pocket. Come on. You know what you say to them? Do you love your children? Do you love your children? They, they say yes. Can you prove it to me? Yeah, well, I do all these nice things. But can you really prove it in a way that I could hold it like scientific evidence? No, no, I mean, it's just in my heart, and I, and I do things for that child. You love the child? You can't prove it scientifically, but you show it in what you do. Yeah, that's what God does. God loves us, and he shows it by the things he does for us. Oh, God's never done anything for me. You never came to him like God. He took me off drugs. He got me back in school. He gave me back my mind. He healed my body. Come on, he saved me. I know he's really, he did it in my life. You see, you have to know God loves you like a parent. God cares for us. That's what David knew, that God loved him. He also knew, in your anger, do not sin when you are on your bed. Search your hearts and be silent. He knew how to wait on the Lord. How many have put God on that kind of deal that Pizza Hut used to do? Five minutes, if the pizza's not here, it's free. How many have ever done that to God? Okay, God, I'm asking you to bless my family. Get me out of all this trouble. And you got five minutes. Go. Okay, God, come on. you got four minutes and 45 seconds left. Okay. Okay, honey, you see anything yet? No, everything's the same. Okay, come on, God, you got four minutes left. Come on, how many people have done that? You know what the Bible says? Don't do that to God. In your bed, on your bed, do not be angry. What is that anger talking about? Talking about being angry with God. God, you should have showed up. And God, you should have done this. God, how dare you let me go through that. And God, you should have helped me. No, 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 no. Don't be angry with him. He has it in his control. It's working out for his good. It says when you lay on your bed, search your heart. God, in my heart, am I trusting you? I'm doubting a little. Okay, God, help me more. Search your heart and then be silent. Be silent. I've heard people say, I stayed awake all night worrying. I stayed awake all night worrying. I don't get sleep like I used to. I'm worrying. I'm worrying. No, no, no. Search your heart. Trust the Lord. And then be in silence. There's something about waiting on God that changes who you are. You see, you and I think sometimes God should just bless us the way we are because we're just so perfect. But God says, in the waiting, you're changing. In the waiting, there's things going on you don't see. And let me tell you, when it comes to justice, when it comes to abuse and the innocent, God says, I'm actually storing up wrath. The only way that they're getting away with it right now is because I'm giving them a chance to change. But every time they continue in it, it's actually storing up their wrath. So when I punish them, it's that much more justified. That's what God says. So you're saying, I don't see God punishing these people that hurt innocent people in other nations. No, he's giving them a chance. He's giving, he gave Hitler a chance. He's giving these people a chance. And when, he does, when they don't change, he brings them down and he punishes them. Listen to what he does. Eternity in hell. Eternity in hell, my friends. I don't know if you understand what hell is, but read the Bible. Hell will scare the hell out of you. You do not want to go there. And when God says he sends people there righteously out of his wrath and anger, trust me, their debt's getting paid for all of eternity. But you can rest in the Lord. Somebody say amen. 
The next thing that David knew was to offer right sacrifices and trust in the Lord. He knew how to please God. In the Old Testament, they would sacrifice animals. They would come to the church and sing songs. They would give their tithes and offerings. You see, David knew how to keep doing the right thing, even though sometimes life wasn't so right. I don't understand the moment why people's finances go bad. The first thing they want to do is stop tithing. It's like, what are you doing? It's like now that you're going through a struggle, you're going to come under the curse of God? It's like, God, take that. Now, Lord, I need some help down here. My friends, tithing, the Bible says, is a covenant between you and God over your finances. He doesn't say that you won't ever lose your job. He doesn't say that life will not be difficult. He just says, I got your best interest in mind, and I got your back. And he even says, if you read your Bible, he'll give you double for your trouble. So when you go through a financial stress, and we've all gone through them, don't go, take that, God, and then ask Him to help you. Say, God, I'm going to offer you right sacrifices. This is a sacrifice to me, but I offer it to you because it pleases you. It's a sacrifice for me to cut back on these other things, on my Internet bills, on my cable bills, on my vacations. But, God, I will not cut back on the sacrifice to you. It's a sacrifice to get up and pray. It's a sacrifice to spend more time with God than you do watching TV and the movies. But you're saying, God, I'm offering you the right sacrifice. I know it cost you something to come to church. This place could be empty if we all followed our excuses this morning. Well, I got a little indigestion from the Indian meal I ate last night. What's your excuse? Well, I was tired. I was bowling. Okay, what's your excuse? Well, my wife and I, we weren't feeling too good. Come on, all the excuses. We all could have stayed home. I know that. But you made the right sacrifice. David knew continually making the right sacrifice, going, God, I'm going to keep doing this. Even if I don't see anything changing, I'm going to keep doing it because I know my breakthrough is coming. I won't I won't let my present circumstances dictate my future blessing. I won't let what I'm going through now here keep me from going to my destiny. God, I have a purpose, and I will stick with it until I reach that place. You see, we're waiting to get over there. When I'm there, I'll be happy. No, you need to learn to start here because you can't get there until you start here. God blesses you now, not just when you win the lottery, my friends. Trust him. That's what David knew. Somebody say amen. The next thing that David knew is many are asking, who can show us any good? Let the light of your face shine upon us, O Lord. David knew that when you're searching for something good, that only good comes from God. Oh, I could say it was just a coincidence that the carpet worked out the way it did, or I could say it came from God. I could say it just worked out the way it did, that SUM Bible College just happened to come when it did and bless all of our students with education. Or I could see it from God. You see, while people are looking for good, where are we looking? To God, because we know it's coming from Him. Come on, think about that. Well, I don't see nothing good going on in my life. You ain't looking at God. God's doing some good thing. You still breathing? Or I say He took that away from you yet. Come on. Oh, okay. Well, I thank God for my breath. There you go. You got one good thing to thank God for. If you don't think it came from God, just try to make it one day and give yourself some own, your own oxygen, okay? My friends, every good thing comes from God. When was the last time you thanked Him for all those things? Why are we asking for new things when we haven't thanked Him for the old things? 
Oh, yeah, we're asking God for a bigger house right now. How come we didn't thank God for the bed in the room we're in right now? Because it's a lot better than the streets. Oh, yeah, we're, we're, we're right now asking God to heal our economy. But did we ever thank him for the last 10 years of prosperity that we had to the point where people were buying huge TVs, new cars, decorating their homes? Did anybody ever thank him for all that back there? You see, who can show us any good? It comes from the light of God's face when it shines upon us. If you believe it, say amen. Stand up with me, please, before we get out here today and live in the goodness of God. David also knew that only God satisfied. He said, you have filled my heart with greater joy than when their grain and new wine abound. Would you come forward, uh, Lilani? See, I used to drink. Maybe y'all didn't drink, but I used to drink. And I used to drink, not just a little bit, I drank till I got drunk. I'm not just talking about drunk, I'm talking drunk. Where where am I at, boy? I don't. And I talk with a southern accent then too. Where am I at, boy? I'm driving. I'm good. I remember waking up places. Who are you? Waking up, puke all over myself. We used to call it bowing down to the porcelain king. Because when you would get sick, Woke up one day on the toilet, puking, and I passed out. Woke up, there it was. You know what David says? You satisfy me than when they all get drunk and party. You satisfy me more than that. More than that. More than when they got their grain. That's their prosperity. It's like him saying, God, you satisfy me more than payday and going out and getting drunk. You satisfy me more. Watch than the Bulls winning the NBA championship six times in a row. You satisfy me more than my wife and my children. You satisfy me more than my car, my clothes, and this house. You have filled my heart. Boom. Boom. Getting filled. Boom. Boom. Overflowing. You filled my heart with greater joy. You know how somebody makes it through the loss of their loved one? You don't give them a new house. You give them Jesus. You know how somebody makes it through a divorce, abuse, teenage years? You don't get them a new car. You get them Jesus. David was a man after God's heart because he was a king. He was rich. And he was a bad mamma jamma cutting off giant's head. But he knew the only thing that satisfied right in here, right down here, was God. Seth, I don't know if you found that out yet, but I've learned that, my friends, and I'll never want to forget it. Last thing he said is, I will lay down and sleep in peace for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. David knew how to rest and the Lord. When you've done everything, you've prayed, you've come to church, you've given your tithes, you've been silent before Him, you're just waiting on Him, He knew how to rest. Say, God, I don't have any control over any of this. You got me, God. It's in your hands, my life. Do I think you should be lazy in life and just say, God, you do it all? No, I think you should get up and do everything you can 
to provide for your family. Everything you can to live a better life. Everything you can. I believe you should do that. But you should also know that you can't do it all. That there are parts of your life that only God can do. And you need to learn how to rest. I pray today that what's in your heart is a greater understanding of who God is. And that when we talk in this church like, hey, do you love God? Do you love God? You mean it from the depths of your soul. I love Him more than I love snowboarding, man. I love Him more than I love my child. And you have no idea how much I love that baby. I love Him more. Because I see Him as the reason why I got all this. And how dare I, in my heart, trade Him for something He gave me. I've never been a parent of a teenager yet. But I can only imagine what my parents went through. Had to be the hardest thing to watch. When they gave me a car, they gave me an allowance. And with that car and allowance, I turned my back on them, became a runaway at 16, and lived on my own. In their car. Slept in it. Spent their money on drugs. That's the prodigal son, isn't it? Do you know that we're all like that? God says, here's your life. Here's the talents I've given you. Here's the abilities I've given you. Here's here's the breath I've given you. Here's the heart I gave you. And we give it away. And I look at these young girls in high school and their hearts broken in a million pieces. And they blame God because of everything they went through. And I say, when was the last time you went to God instead of your boyfriend? And I look at these adults and and they'll come to the church and they'll have this history of hurt and pain and year after year. And then they'll put God on a timer and say, God, you better fix my 50 years of brokenness. you got 20 seconds. And I say, where was your heart for God all those years He was reaching out to you? He never left you. It was you that went and married that joker. It was you that went and got hooked on that. Man, you messed it up. It's time for you to give it back to God. Stop blaming God. My friends, God has never left us. Where's your heart today? I want to pray today in closing that our hearts get right with Him. Amen? Amen. Father, I thank You today. That, Lord, you said as water reflects a face, so a man's heart reflects the man. Lord, you know what's in our hearts today. You know what we've dealt with. You know what we've been through. In God, today, I pray over this congregation that nobody blames you today. But rather, God, we come to you. Starting right now with every head bowed and eyes closed, if you have a broken heart, If you feel like somebody smashed your heart like a plate or a glass on concrete into a million pieces, right where you are, raise your hands and begin to say, Jesus, I don't blame you for this, and I don't even need the explanations, but God, I ask you, heal my broken heart. Come on, nobody's looking around. It's not about embarrassing you. I'm just asking you to extend your hands towards God, towards your Heavenly Father, saying, God, I need you to heal my heart. God, you know I hurt. You know I hurt. Come on, people around you know you hurt because you hurt them. Hurt people, hurt people. 
that movie Precious that they got nominated for Emmys talking about a young girl in the inner city mom abusing her but her mom was abused come on friend the cycle of abuse and hurt it starts it stops right now because the healing starts now the healing starts now Joe can you explain it all to me no I can't but I can tell you God loves you God loves you and he'll heal you he'll heal you Come on, keep your hands raised. Those that are getting ministered to right now. I know it's hard for some of you because the devil wants you to feel ashamed. No one is embarrassing you. No one's calling you to the front. I just want you between you and God. The rest of you just keep your eyes closed and an attitude of prayer. Come on, just praying for those that are raising their hands. Hands are going up all across this place. Come on, healing. Healing for your heart. Don't be angry with God. Stop blaming Him. Come on, now the rest of you, I'm going to ask you today. If in your heart today, you know that you've let things get in the way. Things, things, things. I don't care if it's your family. I don't care if it's your job. I'm so busy, Pastor. You just don't understand. I don't have time to read about I'm so busy, Pastor. It passed. Pastor, if you just knew the job that I had, Pastor. I, I, I'm the President of the United States, Pastor. If I don't do these things, God understands I don't have time to pray. Whoever you are, whatever it is, it's in your heart and it's taking it away from God. I want you to start to raise your hands right now. And I want you to start to say, God, pull it out. Pull it out. Take it out right now. I don't care if it's an addiction. I don't care if it's an attitude. I don't care if it's a thought. I don't care if it's something inside of you that nobody else knows. Just get it out. Get it out. Get it out, God. Get it out, Jesus. Homosexuality. Come on. Adultery. Come on. Anger. Come on, bad temper, addictions, alcoholism, drug addiction, prostitution. We've seen it all in this church, my friend. Come on, you just say, God, get it out. Get it out. Religion. Come on, get it out. Get it out, Jesus. Get it out, Jesus. My heart is yours. My heart is yours. My heart is yours. Come on, talk to Him now. Just say, Jesus, my heart is yours. I want to be a man or a woman after your heart, Jesus. I want to trust you. I want to love you. God, I want to follow you. And even when it hurts, I don't want to turn my back on you. You've been too good to me. Get it out of my heart. Get it out of my heart. Get it out of my heart. Come on, some of you aren't praying like you should right now. Don't walk out of here with your heart the same way and then blame it on God. Ask Him to take it. I've seen people set free from drugs. I don't see 12 steps. I see one step to Jesus. Come on, I've seen rebellious teenagers come to God. I've seen atheists. Get it out. Get it out. Get it out. He's the only hope. He's the only one. Everyone else will let you down. Everyone, everyone, everyone will hurt you eventually. Only God. Only God loves at all times. Now everybody just raise up your hands with me and say, Jesus, I give you my heart. I want my life to count for you. 
Now take the next 60 seconds to tell him that you mean that now. Come on. David said, I'll do it for myself. I'll open my own mouth and tell him, I love you. I want to talk to you. I want to know you more. Meet me on the bus before I go to school, Jesus. Be with me in my house when my parents are fighting. God, be with me through the situation in my family. God, help me as I look for employment. God, walk with me. Walk with me, Jesus. Here's my heart, God. You're my passion. You're what I love, oh God. You're my Super Bowl. You're my March Madness. You're my NBA championship. Oh God, you are my payday. God, you're everything to me. You're everything I hope for. You're everything I put my dreams in. God, I put all my eggs in one basket. You're carrying me, Jesus. Come on, 30 more seconds. 30 more seconds. Jesus. Jesus. You said, we're going to love you with all of it, God. I want to love you with all of it, God. All of my heart. All my soul. All my mind. All my strength. God, you're real. And you're worthy of it all. Come on, 15 more seconds. If he really did die on the cross, wouldn't he be worth it all? Come on. Come on, if he really did create this thing we call the universe, wouldn't he be worth it all? Come on, if he really can heal you and help you and set you free, isn't he worth it? Isn't he worth your heart? Your heart, your heart, sir, your heart, ma'am. Your heart, son or daughter, isn't he worth it? Isn't he worth it? Who else is worth it? Who else can you compare him to? Who else is like him? Five more seconds, you and God. You and God. You and God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ishmael, come up here quickly, please. Everybody place their hand over their heart. Just keep your hand over your heart right now. It's just a symbol. We know it's not what we're talking, but it's just a place to just to symbolize what's going on right now. Jesus, lover of my soul. G, D, E minor, C. Come on. Put your hand over your heart right now. Let him know that you're thankful for what he's doing in you. Come on, I thank you, God. I thank you, God, that right in here, you and I meet together. That people of this world can take everything, but they can't take this. I thank you, God. Just with your hand over your heart, I want you to sing this worship song with me in closing. Jesus, lover of my soul. Lover of my soul. Jesus, I'll never let you go. Jesus, and I I will never let you go. You've taken me from the miry clay. Taken me. From the miry clay, you set my feet upon a rock, and now I know. Set my feet upon the rock, now I know. I love you, Jesus. I love you. You know I need you. I need you. Though my world may fall, though my world, I'll never let you go. I'll never let you go. Come on, with your hand over your heart, you're my savior. You're my closest friend. My closest friend. And I will worship you. I will worship Now come up here, band, as we sing it in closing. Come on. One more time. Jesus, lover of my soul. 
Jesus, the lover. lover of my soul. Oh, yes, you are, God. You love me like no one else. And I will never let you go. Oh, God, you love us. You've taken me from the miry clay. You've set my feet, set my feet upon the rock. Now I know. Come on, sing it from your heart. I love you, Jesus. I love you. You know I need you. Man, though my world may fall, because it does so many times, falls apart. But I'll never let you go, Jesus. You're my Savior. My Savior. My closest friend. My closest friend. And I'm going to worship you. I will worship you. Until the very Come on, you're my savior, my closest friend. My my closest friend. And I will worship you. I will worship you until the Come on, one more time, my savior, my closest friend. My the very end. Come on. Now just stick out your right hand and just say, Jesus, walk with me today. Walk with me today, Jesus. Walk with me as I go back out into this world. Walk with me through my life. Walk with me, Jesus, through the valleys, through and over the mountaintops. Walk with me, Jesus. I hold out my hand. I hold out my heart. Jesus, I ask you, walk with me, God. Only you know where I got to go, Jesus. Walk with me. Now hold your neighbor's hand and begin to pray for him right now. Pray that God will walk with them, that they'll sense the love of God today, that they'll sense the love of God this week, that their world, though it falls apart, God will be with them through it all. Come on, pray for each other. Jesus, bless your people. Bless your people. I know, God, you keep the godly with you. Jesus, we're walking with you today. We're walking with you today. Oh, God, it matters what's in our heart. And you're in our heart. In Jesus' name. If you believe it, can you say amen? Come on, let's bless him. Slap your neighbor high five and say, Jesus is in my heart. Amen. God bless you. We're going to have the cafe open. Hang out with us. We'll see you this week. God bless you. Come on, babies. Sing it again. Jesus. Jesus. You're the lover of my soul.